What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions Podcast. Be pimp. This is episode 80, number 80. Uh, it's hard to believe that we've made it this far, but the great thing about this podcast is we are live together in Oakland, California. Be pimp. This is your first time in California. What do you think? I'm loving it. It's great. It's beautiful. The weather's nice. It's a. Uh, it's lovely. Great. Uh, it's the. It's really the focus of what we're talking about for this particular episode. We're going to be talking about the main differences between Chicagoland and the Bay Area. So that'll be our top five. It's easy to come up with five. I moved two and a half years ago uh, from Chicago to the Bay Area. B-Pimp is seeing it for the first time, so he can he can see what I've been talking about this whole time on what some of the differences are. We're not talking about what's better or worse, but just if you are in an area, kind of what you'll notice the differences to be. Yeah, and I don't think it's a judgment. It's just a no. matter of, like, I, I do that every time I go. Like, when I went to Denver, I noticed certain things. When I went to, like, Scottsdale, Arizona, I, which is, like, a different climate, you know. Just noticing the differences. It's all good. Yeah, I just just as you were talking, I thought of another one, too, that I wanted to bring up. This one actually is more qualitative, um, but is something I notice actually up and down the West Coast, but especially if you come from Chicago, that I don't want to tease too much about it. Okay, um, you got late-breaking news. Yeah, late-breaking news, I'm adding something. Uh, another thing is you might occasionally hear background noise. Um, get this, my wife... Stuck me with the kid while we're recording this. So my adorable seven-month daughter is playing, and she uh, doesn't understand the motto of kids are better seen than heard. So you may hear her a little bit. She also is unaware of the um, the idea of like microphones and like no recording. Yeah. Like any of that is just not a concern. So we understand. You may just get some sneak peeks of. I, I tried to flash a bright sign in front of her that said on air yeah. so she knew what to do and she is just ignoring She's it. She's looking straight at it and just not even, doesn't no. even care. And doesn't I, I admire care that. One bit. All right, before we get into the list, what is the first difference you spotted as soon as you touch down an SFO? I don't know if this counts, but just the temperature, like, I knew it was going to be nicer here than it was in Chicago, but I wore like a light jacket on the plane because I thought, oh, even though... You know, it's February, so it might be a little cooler there, but we got off the plane and it was like warm right away. And it just, it was so, it was so refreshing to not be like bundled up as soon as we got off the plane. It was great. You came at a nice time. Um, I will say because it's, February can be pretty cold here, uh, but it hasn't been. No, it was like 70 and sunny when I got off the plane. Just good because we've been spending some time outside and it's, it's been easy. Yeah. The, the whiskey that we have is somehow not one we've tried before. B-Pimp, you want to tell them a little bit about it? Yeah, I don't know how we haven't had it, but Bullet uh, Bourbon, it's a Frontier Whiskey, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I'm getting my Kentucky Drawl. Nice. That's not real. I don't know what that is. But nope, that was Kentucky right on the money. <laughs> it's made using our family's high rye mash bill and pure Kentucky limestone filtered water. And it's this is a nice little 200 milliliter bottle that we got. I like it. Um, the price is right too. Yeah. And it's 90 proof. So it's right in there, right in the nice little bourbon zone. And there's a label here from Tom Bullet, which sounds made up, 
My family has been making bourbon for generations using Kentucky limestone filtered water and a blend of the finest corn, barley, and rye. My great-great-grandfather knew a good thing when he tasted it, and I expect you and I do too. Wow, Tom, you got some confidence. Wow. So, and it's bottled in Plainfield, Illinois. What? Yeah. How about it? Yeah. Plainfield. So I could travel, but I still have Illinois connections. I guess so. All right. We are drinking it on the rocks, so you're going to hear that lovely pour uh, over your headphones. It's been a while since we've been able to uh, taste a whiskey together. When did we last? At uh, the one Christmas time? I think when you were in Chicago? Earlier, right? It was around Halloween. We were in Chicago, too. That was the last time we did a live? I think so, because the other time we just went out to dinner. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. True. So this has been, it's been a few months since we've been able to test it out together. So cheers to Bullet Bourbon. And it's a good one to do, because the Bullet's a big name in bourbons. I think I'm going to do a second sip. Yeah. I like, I do get right off the bat some of the things that you get with Bullet bourbon specifically i like the rye too but um the first sip is always very caramely Mm -hmm. you know what i don't find though i don't get a lot of warmth from it no there isn't there that's true there's not as much um it does have it is a little bit heavy on the sweetness that you get with some bourbons yeah and it's got um as it sits on your tongue it's more of like a it doesn't burn, it just kind of like lingers. It does. Like I feel like some kind of acidity. And it's not a burn, but it's like still there. Right. But I have to say, I am a fan of bullet bourbon. I like it. Like sometimes I want something that's gonna be a little more like wrap me up in a blanket out of my bourbons, but mm-hmm. this is still nice. You know what does wrap me up in a blanket is we had some Elijah Craig. That does. It really does. Man. That, I, I don't, we might have had the heat off in the house, and I wouldn't have known the difference. Exactly. Because the Elijah Craig really did. Um, but, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Bullet, even though it didn't give me the warm blanket feeling, it's still on the smooth train. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the smooth train, too. I, I, I think it's in the coach section. It's not exactly getting a first-class ticket on the smooth train. It has less leg room. Yeah, a little less leg room. Um... I like it though. Yeah, it's good. I can't. I can't boot it. It's no. not that bad. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. I agree. All right, so we've got another whiskey for the smooth train. Go out and get yourself some Bullet Bourbon. You know what I do like about Bullet? I think it's got just a nice, simple label. I like its branding. Mm-hmm. I think they do different colors too. The bourbon's orange. I think the rye is green. Mm-hmm. And it, but it is even the nice thing is they can flip the colors, but the you still get the same like image from the the wording, the font they use and everything. So it is good. It's a strong brand. Yeah, they've done a good job of that. All right. Before we get to the top five of talking about the big differences between the Bay Area and Chicago, we also have big news about our upcoming uh, EP. Be Pimp, before we just recorded this, recorded all of his vocals for the upcoming Whiskey Sessions 2 EP. So... I hate to say, we've talked about it for years, probably at this point. Yeah. I didn't realize, going back to it, the first EP came out four or five years ago. Yeah, it's been a big, we're like one of those artists that just has to give you a lot of time between their releases. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we, we got to let it ruminate. And I don't have a problem with that, but I, I'm letting our folks know we're not talking about years now until the next release. We're talking about months. We're, we're like, I'm going to record my vocals. We're going to mix it down, master it, all that good stuff. But this baby is coming. And speaking of the smooth train, that was the last song we just... Oh my god, it's so good. We're, 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 we're really going for it, and we have some nice surprises for you. Really nice surprises. It's going to be... It's going to be a great, great EP. Whiskey Sessions 2, look out for it. It's coming to you. It's coming to the internet near you. It is. All right. Uh, Let's get into our top five then. We are talking about the biggest differences between the Bay Area and Chicago land. Uh, So really just the area around both. But without further ado, this is our top five differences between the Bay Area and Chicago land. Four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, what is your number five? My number five is a little bit hard to specifically, like, pin down, but I think I can get it across. So I've noticed driving around in the Bay Area, you can have a lot of different variety of plants and trees Mm. in a short, like, a little small area. You'll see, like, ten different kinds of trees or ten different kind of plants just in a row. And that's something that caught my eye because I don't seem to notice that in Chicagoland area. It's either like you're in a you're near a forest that's got a bunch of like oak trees or whatever, or you're like, you know, it's just different. Now here you'll see like a tropical looking tree and then like a like all in a row like next to each other, and it's really kind of interesting to me. Yeah, that's a good observation. Like when I first came here or first was here, I did first of all I didn't realize the Bay Area had palm trees, and it does, but they're like sparse it's like every 10th or 20th tree is this random ass palm tree they survive i guess because it's never below freezing here but it's kind of funny to see they still seem out of place to me all right that's a good number five my number five is i said at the top of the episode that i didn't want these to be too qualitative of favoring one or the other but i noticed this maggie definitely notices this too um we love being here, but when we go to restaurants, in general, the service here is just worse in yeah. the Bay Area. And it's hard, it's, I would say it's worse in two cents. First of all, it's slower and like less caring. But also, the, the people in the service industry here don't care. Right. It's like they... They're not picking up on your keys like no. you're looking around like, where's <laughs> like, my drink? <laughs> like what What they lack in speed of service, they make up for in total apathy. <laughs> they could not give a shit that they're doing a bad job at a restaurant. What do you think... Has that been your experience across the border? Have there been like certain types of restaurants that you noticed it more in? Yeah, I mean, it's... This is also the case in Seattle compared to Chicago. Like, I just feel like Chicago is on top of their service game. Okay. Like, they're fast, and they do a good job, and they don't make that many mistakes. I feel like every restaurant I go to in Seattle makes a mistake on my order. Here, here it's kind of similar. I'd say Oakland is similar to Seattle in that the service is a little bit slower. San Francisco is a little better. They're, like, a little more on top of it than Oakland is, but still in general, the service here is just, like, kind of sloppy. Yeah. And if you're in a hurry, it makes it, like, I think I, I just feel rushed sometimes. Um, and I have, to, I have to catch up to the Bay Area speed and just relax a little bit. 
But but you, that's a good course. point. So you have to think about that if you're like running on a tight schedule that day. Like, oh yeah, forget afford it. to stop here. No, the person I'm going to get service from is going to be pretty high, and I'm just going to have to get used to <laughs> being kind of slow. And they're going to ask me what I want a couple times. Yeah, now that weed is legal in Illinois, maybe you'll see what yeah. our service is like pretty soon. I'm yeah, not sure. Chicago land service will go down the tubes. Yeah. All right, B pimp. What is your number four? So we've heard, I've heard on the news and in our little tour that we did of the winery, that was really cool, um, they're talking about microclimates, because I guess you can do explain it better than I can, but by the ocean versus like, in what are the terms, it's like inland? Like if you watch a newscast here, it's, they, they give a one forecast for the coast, one for the bay, which I guess is like not exactly on the coast, but just sort of surrounding the bay. And then one for inland. Okay. And they are dramatically different from each other. And we saw that even on the little tour of the the winery, because it was pretty big. It was like 85 acres, I think the guy said. So it's pretty mm-hmm. big. And he was t- they were taking us around like a, on a tram pulled by a tractor. And we went like to the top of the hill. It's super windy in the coldest part. And then you would like go down the hill, and it would be a little bit warmer. And then there's like one side of the hill has one type of grape, and the other. It's just crazy to think about, like how the difference, the differences in the small areas. Yeah, there definitely are big differences. Like, I would say, in San Francisco, where I work, it's it's probably usually 5 to 10 degrees warmer in Oakland, generally, which is nice in the summer, I think, because San Francisco in the summer, like, never really gets all that warm, except for a few days. But then, if we go through the Caldecott Tunnel, which takes you from Oakland to further inland, and the nickname for it is the Cold to Hot Tunnel, Caldecott Tunnel. And you go to places like Walnut Creek or Pleasant Hill. Um, those places are like 10 to 15 degrees warmer than here. Oh, wow. Like, they'll get in the hundreds, like on a fairly regular, well, not regular basis, but semi-regular basis in the summer. And those are the kind of houses that need to have air conditioning. Like, and we can get by without yeah. it. Yeah. And that's the, you said Pleasant Hill? Pleasant Hill is one of them. That's an interesting, like, very suggestive name. Like, yeah, we're Pleasant Hill. There's also a Pleasanton. Pleasanton? Yeah. So. That's like Pleasant Town, right? Yeah. They should have a Pleasantville. Yeah. But they don't. They don't. Pleasant Hill, Pleasanton. Pleasanton, Pleasant Hill. Yeah. And that's it. And a bunch of others. (laughs) I'm trying to think. Is there one that has the same name as the Chicago place? Um... That's warm? Or, or just we, like a we're summer. We're in Glen Ellen. Oh, that's right. We went to Glen Ellen. Yeah. That's funny. For the winery. That's right. All right. My number four is just general geographic differences. So most people know if you've been to Chicagoland, it's pretty flat, and it's pretty flat for a long stretch. Um, going, you know, halfway to Iowa. And there are a couple suburbs that do have hills. Actually, one of them kind of is Glen Ellen. Has a little bit of hillage, mm-hmm. but here it's hills all over the place, including in the middle of San Francisco, um, up and down Oakland and Berkeley. So that's one of the things I noticed, especially if you're driving. It's just like different to drive around here. This, I missed my cue, but this is a double dip. Double dip. Double dip. Hell yeah! That's my number three. Is the same exact thing. I said I've termed it as hills versus flatland. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing, because we were driving from literally leaving the airport for the first time seeing California. It was like, the first thing I noticed was just all the hills around, and how you can 
your eye has to change levels and like things that you don't have to do in the Midwest. Yeah, it's it's sometimes you drive to the top of the hill and you can't really see the intersection that you're driving to the top of, and you hope they all are have like stop signs. Right. But it it can be a little tricky to drive in the city if you're not used to it. But it's so it's so much prettier and like adds variety to like what you see when you're driving around because it can be like like how you were explaining Oakland's in the valley and then like. You know, there's different parts of the bay, like, mm-hmm. have different elevations. It just makes it look cooler. Yeah, it's like the rich parts of Oakland are in the hills. The rest of it is in the valley. Or the flatlands, whatever flatlands. you call it. Um, so, yeah, double dip, that means you're on number three. Yeah, my number three. I don't know how this wasn't my number four. I feel like that should have been my number three. But whatever, I'll keep this as my number three. I'm going to say driver behavior. Oh. I just note it on the roads, notice it on the roads that... I think three things. Drivers here, I think, are faster, on, especially on the freeways, and especially compared to the city of Chicago, because if all the freeways in the city of Chicago are 55 tops right. as a speed limit, which seems, being out here, like, really slow. Um, also, Chicago has worse traffic, generally, so you're, you're rarely going 55 anyway. Yeah. But... Um, so I would say drivers here drive a little bit faster. There's a lot less honking. Uh, Chicago drivers honk a lot. Even the only, I was cool with it. The only one that drove me nuts in Chicago was, especially in the city of Chicago, drivers will honk going into an alley to like uh, tell pedestrians to be careful and then honk coming out of the alley as they cross the sidewalk. Instead of just stopping at the sidewalk as they're entering and exiting the alley, they just honk they at like all times of night. The honk absolves them yeah. of anything that they may do with their car. Yeah, and I remember having a friend that came into town, I don't, maybe had been to Chicago before, but um, from Seattle, and then said, like, what was that honking, like, all night? Were people making drug deals? It's like, <laughs> no, it's just, they just honk entering and exiting an alley. I don't get it. It's annoying. Sometimes parking garages, too. Yeah. Like, if they're blind exits. Just stop at the sidewalk. Yeah. Uh, And then the last part about that has kind of to do with that is that generally drivers here will stop at crosswalks, and they 100% do not do that in Chicago. No. Yeah. Unless you... I mean, there's a way to force it if you're a pedestrian. Like, I used to just... Like, mm-hmm. look, I made it very obvious. I'm like, I'm not going to stop. So that's my own dumb risk of like, that person could just be like, okay, then I'm going to hit you. But yeah. it seemed to work. It works. You look them right in the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have, you can hit me with your car, but you had to see me and you had to make eye contact. With yes. Me this is going to be ingrained in your brain for the rest <laughs> yeah. of your life. If you hit me, cause I am looking right at you. <laughs> uh, all right. What's your number two? Uh, TV and radio jingles mm. for like commercials. I think this is like kind of a cheat a little bit, but I know that Chicago, I think it's Chicago, New York, maybe LA, like there's a few cities that have them mm-hmm. and like the rest of the country does not, but it's, I mean, that's always something I think about because it's just Chicago is saturated with everything has a jingle, especially on the radio, like sports radio. Every ad is just like punctuated with a jingle. Yeah. I would say you occasionally hear jingles out here on the radio, but nothing like you're not going to get. Luna Carpet or Empire. Wait, Luna's Carpet too, right? Yeah, Luna. Yeah, seven, Luna. Seven, seven, three, two, oh, two. Ba, 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 ba. Like Luna, that kind of thing. Yeah, like Empire. 
you don't get. I love the Gerber Collision in glass. Yeah, that's Gerber like my favorite because it, it's like a whiny like. <laughs> it's wall. so whiny, yeah. <laughs> Driving in my car, beep <laughs> Like Maggie and I still like sing that to each other just as a joke. Is that the one that ends up? We're highly wrecked. Right. Yeah, amended. But we noticed that commercial, like it, it, it always ends with "we're highly wreck," and then the sound effect after the wreck changed at some point. Mm. One time it was like the screeching tire sound effect, and the other time it was, I think, a honk. I remember it as two beeps. Yeah, like wreck, beep, beep, amended. Uh, that one's better. Okay. I think one time it was wreck, <laughs> amended. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's a negative ending. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I, but yeah, I agree with that. The, the Chicago just seems to have a lot more jingles, which if we move back to Chicago ever, I'm just going to get into that industry. Yeah. I want to be the one that writes those jingles. Yeah. Or maybe I can bring the jingles to the Bay area. Maybe this place needs more jingles. You're a pioneer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number two, generally it's just the weather and the Bay area weather, not talking about the microclimates necessarily, but just it's just a lot more mild here all the time it never gets below freezing and the summers aren't humid even if they are hot so i feel like especially after spending 13 years in chicago when i hear bay area people complain about the weather it makes me like lose my mind uh, yeah, so it's just it's like impossible to to not get upset about it. i mean like i feel the same way but it's we had that conversation like do I want the pride of being from a city with like bad weather? Isn't that just mean you live in a bad city that has bad weather? Like, I don't know. I think it gives you some legitimacy. Like I get a lot of legitimacy spending that much time in Chicago being here, mm -hmm. both for my job and just being able to see, Oh, like it's not cold. It's 48 degrees. You'll be fine. You For your job, meaning like, because you could do the things you did in Chicago with the weather impacting it, it's easier to do it here. Oh, uh, well, no, I was thinking more specifically, my, like, my job involves talking to, like, public transit agencies. Right. So, there are only a few transit agencies where everybody in the, else in the country knows what you're talking about. Oh, okay. And, like, the CTA, if I just say, I work for the CTA, everybody's like, yeah, okay, that's legit. Got it. Like, you could say that with New York. You can, I think you can say it, actually, with Boston's, and then you can say it with the CTA. And that's... Like it. What's Boston's? It's mass. MBTA. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. So, like, I have the legit le legitimacy of having worked for, like, a serious transit agent. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. What is your number one? My number one is something I've talked about a lot since I've been here. Um, so, you won't be surprised. It's the newscasts. Ooh. So, the first night, we... Were, we um, we're watching the news, and I noticed that they did more. They had more of like a higher level of for like vocabulary. I felt like where they weren't dumbing things down as much. the The subject matter was not quite as alarmist as I feel like it is in in Chicago for their general newscasts. It was more like measured, and they had like a professor from Cal Berkeley talking at like in a like, a pretty, like, advanced level about a topic where I feel like in Chicago everything is dumbed down. Huh. This could be, like, some kind of just, like, me overblowing it because of what whatever this newscast happened to be, but, like, I... It seems like a stark difference to me. 
Interesting. It I, seemed like they give you more credit as a viewer. Some, yeah, it, maybe that's true. I, I didn't notice that particularly as much. I noticed that I thought the production value of the newscast here were a little bit lower. Yeah. Or, like, it was a little less serious. Kind of the way, like, WGN is a little bit less serious. And, like, as much as I love WGN, it's, like, a slightly sloppier newscast than the rest of the Chicago mm-hmm. news, I think. And I kind of thought the newscast around here reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I can get what you're saying. It is different. I think there's less part of the reason it might... I think maybe just because there's a fewer murderers here. Yeah, so it's not as newscast all... is not quite as serious. Yeah, that might be. Yeah. Like they have more time to actually talk about something that... Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the, some of the stories here are so like so irrelevant <laughs> or like they're so like low stakes that I'm almost like, why are you even reporting on this? Yeah. Something about it just stuck. And I was like, wow, I'm sitting there watching it. I just wanted to keep watching because they were, I was learning about like, they were talking about how you can look at the tree rings and see like how long the droughts have been in the history of California. And they knew like there was a time when there was like a 50 year drought. I was like, I would never learn this stuff. Wow. Like, in the Chicago newscast. Like, yeah. It was interesting. That is kind of neat. Uh, all right. My number one is the cost of housing. Okay. General cost of living. The general cost of living actually maybe isn't that di- different outside of housing, but the cost of housing. Oh, my God. Uh, so the Bay Area needs more housing, and I will vote for any ordinance that increases the density of the housing around the area because there just needs to be more option. Not just not just for the homelessness problem, although that's a big part of it. Yeah. But also it's if you're middle class, it's almost impossible to live here at any point. Right. Every Uber driver or Lyft driver, I well not every. A lot of Uber and Lyft drivers I've had here live in Sacramento, which is like the equivalent of oh man, what is an hour? That's it's like a Lyft Uber driver driving in from Milwaukee every day. Yeah, it's you're talking about like if they were driving yeah. in Chicago. That's how it's like a ninety minute drive. Yeah, yeah. To go to at least to get if there's no traffic to get from Sacramento to here. That's the only way it's feasible, really. Yeah, like Sacramento's pretty affordable, but like the almost the entirety of the Bay Area at this point is not affordable. So that is one of the biggest differences. Even when we moved, we had a three-bedroom in Chicago, and we moved to a two-bedroom in Oakland and paid 90% more yeah. for rent. It's true. Like, that that was something I was... I knew from talking to you about it and from talking to other people I work with that were in this area, like, how exorbitant the pricing is, but... Just thinking about, like, how much I've liked it since I've been here and trying to think, like, could I move here? It's like, you'd have to, you'd have to really, you know, get, like, a good job. I feel like the only way I could do it is get a good job in a, either a company that I could transfer here or, like, a sector that is strong here and get, like, a really good job in order to even consider it. Like, that's the only way to do it. It's tough. Like, when we decided to move here, like, my salary bump was not that much, like, Probably wouldn't cover the cost of living. But Maggie, who's a social worker, they pay social workers in the Bay Area twice as much as wow. they pay in Chicago. 
So that actually ended up helping yeah. immensely. And I, I think most jobs do make more, but not all of them. Like yeah. you, it's it's just a little bit different. But they, uh, yeah, and that's and that's we are living in Oakland. Like we couldn't even consider San Francisco. No, I, from what I've heard, it's like it's it's like New York, right? I mean, uh, I think the it depends on the different ways that you measure pricing, but the expected cost per square foot. For, I don't know if it's residential or commercial, it might be both, in San Francisco is the highest in the country. Okay. It's got to be what, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, or no, LA, Chicago, maybe? I So here's the thing. As much as it drives me nuts that Bay Area people would ever complain about the weather, when people in Chicago would say like, oh man, the rent is too high. And I get it, like the rent goes up, it sucks. But those people in Chicago have never been to any coastal city, I feel like. Okay. I bet, I bet Chicago is not in the top 20. Oh, okay, really? You yeah. think it's like that far down? I, I think I think every coastal city, east coast and west coast, is more expensive than So like, you're talking like Seattle, Portland, yeah. like Seattle, up Portland, and down the coast. whole Bay Area, LA, probably San Diego, and then definitely Boston, New York. Philly? Uh, maybe not Philly. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Who wants to live in Philly? Yeah. But um, no, that's interesting. DC for sure. Like I, the thing about like some neighborhoods in Chicago are super expensive. Yeah, like, like Lakeview and like Lincoln Park are expensive. But you could live somewhere like Lincoln Square. And but Lake... you could always live in the city. Yeah, like that's you true. can't physically live in the city of San Francisco. Barely you can live in the Bay Area at all. Right. But if if you wanted to live on the South Side, it'd be really cheap. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. never thought about it that way. I mean, my grandparents on the south side, their house sold for less than $100,000. Yeah. It's a decent-sized house. Right. But yeah, pricing. That is different. Uh, you have any honorable mentions? I don't. Although, I will I will add the, um, the, the cost one as an honorable mention now, because that is truly a huge thing. I would say my honorable mentions are a lot of big bridges here. Oh, yeah. It's much easier to get lost here. What I love about Chicago is the addresses make sense, and it's like a perfect grid. And I know part of that is because it is flat, and it's easier to be a perfect grid that way, but... And because of the fire, they could re... Yeah, and they could redo the whole thing. Like, in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, the addresses don't make sense, even in the areas where there is a grid. Like, on Howard, like a place that I worked had an address of 11-something, despite the fact that it was between 7th and 8th Street. Oh. So it should be 7-something. Like, figure that out. <laughs> oh, wow. How does yeah. that even happen? I, it happens everywhere. Wow. Well, my current business is between 2nd and 3rd, and it's 6-something is the address. <laughs> so that's stupid. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, the Chicago is like a perfect grid, and everything is like... You can't get lost there. I mean, you can you can get lost there, but like, you probably shouldn't get lost there. Right. Uh, and then, I'd say the Bay Area in general is not as sports centric of an area as Chicago. There are like big sports fans, but I'd say your average person in the Bay Area is not that knowledgeable about okay. sports. Um, That's an interesting one because you're like in Chicago, even if it's like people from like Wisconsin, they're big Packers fans or Brewers mm-hmm. fans. Like, it's always about that. It is probably like 
you know, especially once you're like preparing for the cold winter and you're toward the end of the football season and into hockey and getting ready for baseball. Like I get it when it's like a cold winter, you're going to care more about sports. Like it's, it's like you're paying more attention at that point because there's not as much to do. Right. And then here has more open drug use than I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. And I know Chicago like has drug problems, but here it's like, you definitely notice it. So that's a big difference too. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you have, if you've been to the Bay Area and Chicago, and that's the rule, then please email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com and let us know uh, about some of the differences that you think we missed. Uh, and we will cover it on a future episode. But I think, B Pimp, we got to get to those emails. Is that yeah, right? Absolutely. All right. Let's get to them. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, B Pimp. What is in the old email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, I've always had a tough time in my town because of the unfortunate name. I never even bother anyone, but just about every person I meet dismisses me without any consideration. What can I do to improve my fortunes? Jack from Jack's a Jerk, Kentucky. <laughs> Poor Jack's Jack. A, Jack's in a predicament there. Not only this Jack, but all the other Jacks that <laughs> who didn't bother to write us an email. They got problems. Huh. And and the other question I have about that is, what's wrong with their parents? Yeah, that is kind of a mean thing to do. They didn't either name their child a different name or move after they had the baby. Yeah, I, I you have the option to move. But the nice thing about being in Jackson, Kentucky, is at least they're in Kentucky. They've got access to, like, a lot of different bourbons. That's true. He can drink his name woes away. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Jack. If it really ends up being a huge problem, I would say move. But in the meantime, help yourself to some bullet. It's another whiskey on the smooth train. That's funny. That is, that is as an adult man, he could just decide to move. He could. To this point, he's felt like writing us an email was a better yeah, option. Nope, better option. Like, like we're going to petition his city hall to change the name. <laughs> Jack's a jerk, isn't it? Name. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, I can't believe it's been 80. It's been a great, great run of the Whiskey Sessions podcast. Here's to another 80 B pimp. Absolutely. Cheers. We're drinking uh, some Beer Republic uh, Racer 5. Go ahead and get yourself some. I don't think you have to be in California to find it. Ooh, it's from Cloverdale. Ooh, good old Cloverdale. Um, all right. Until next time, this is Amets saying peace out. Peace out.